0: God this morning we have gathered at the well to look deeply into you into your heart you have heard our prayers and you have fed us from your own table holy communion to prepare us for this moment to now approach your word your scripture and to have it enter our hearts and our lives transform us today through yourself through your interaction with our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. Do you ever dread going to the mailbox? I didn't really know when it quite happened, but I found myself dreading going to the mailbox more and more, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Well, if you want to do an interesting study of your own life, then for one week, just look at what comes In the mail and think about it a little bit. What I noticed this week is that 100% of the mail I received had something to do with money. It was either a bill, even the magazines had ads trying to sell me something. There was nothing personal that came this week. It all had to do with money, and in fact, 50% of it was a direct fundraising appeal of some sort. The Houston Museum of Science, Museum of Fine Arts Houston, Houston Grand Opera, Houston Ballet, the Symphony. I don't know why I get all these arts organizations fundraisers, but I do. Political causes are now asking for money. So close to the election. Hunger organizations... Every single piece of mail I got this week had something to do with money. It made me want to just open the Bible and kind of read what's going on there to get away from all the appeals. So I looked at this week's scripture reading from 2 Corinthians. And guess what? (laughs) It's the original fundraising letter from Paul. (laughs) Take a look at the scripture that's there. What is it with money, with giving? I would like to give to every organization. They all seemed to be a good cause. I can't. And yet here Paul is also talking about this same issue. What is Paul trying to get across to us here? I think part of what Paul is trying to do in this scripture is to move us away from the money as obligation into money giving as opportunity. Here's the situation. The founding Christian church in Jerusalem, the mother church, is now in deep trouble. They're under persecution. They're being oppressed. Their faith is being oppressed. They're in financial trouble, economic trouble, spiritual trouble. So what Paul does as part of his missionary journey is to go around and try to get the other churches to support the church in Jerusalem. One church really comes through and it's the church that can least afford it. It's the church in Macedonia going through trials of their own. And yet they come through amazingly. It would be Similar to resurrection having a deep need. And our church in Cuernavaca coming to our support. Recently, Gary Devine, who's with us here this morning, was in Cuernavaca to see the work that's happening in MCC in Cuernavaca. And it's a church in incredible need. They recently lost their worship space. And yet what's happening in the Scripture today is a church going through challenges of its own comes to the aid of another church the church in Jerusalem. Now the reason Paul is writing to the church in Corinth is because the church in Corinth is the church that was doing really well. They were the church known for their exciting worship and their prosperity. And yet, they were holding on to their gifts, trying to preserve what they had. The church in Macedonia, struggling was giving its best so that the church in Jerusalem could thrive again. The church in Corinth was holding on. Paul is not trying to guilt trip the church in Corinth. What he's trying to do is to move them from that place of obligation to a place of real transformation. What Paul is saying is every time you give, you are planting a seed that will fling open the doors to new opportunities. You don't know the life that you will change. So don't give out of obligation, but give out of love, knowing that every time you pray, every time you give, every time you share and relate, every time you dream, every time you vision, somebody's life is going to be changed, and it will be transforming. Transformation. That's at the heart of giving, not obligation. What does it mean to move from obligation to transformation in our giving, in our living, in our loving, in our life, in our vision, in our passion?
1: In this scripture from 2 Corinthians, Paul sees our giving as a way for us to fling open the doors of our heart, to share in God's work of transformation. Think of how amazing this is. Just think. Think. The God who created the universe has chosen us to join in the work of transformation. It is for us as it was for Abraham and Sarah. God said to them and now says to us, I am a blessing, I am blessing you to be a blessing to others.
0: I threw out that idea of experimenting with what the mail brings to you each week. That could really bring you down. But try this for an experiment. Every day, make a list of the blessings that God has given you that day. Just think about the phone calls you receive, the encouragement you receive, friendship, sometimes a good meal, sometimes bumping into one of our members at a local restaurant. It was good to see you this week at Kojak's. God has given us each other. God has given us amazing blessings. Those blessings are seeds in our own lives. If we just stop to realize that they are there. Every blessing is a seed that plants new possibilities. And that is what Paul is trying to say to the church in Corinth. You have more blessings than you even realize. Your life is so full. You're experiencing, you're living it, you're tasting it, you're singing it. May your giving be worship. May your giving be a blessing to bless others, to go even further. What Paul is saying here is, yes, there is a need. In a sense, there is an obligation to care for each other. We really do need each other. But he's trying to say, look beyond the obligation to the transformation. And in fact, go even further than that. Look beyond the obligation through the transformation to what giving really is, which is true life and true love.
1: Stewardship never begins with money. Stewardship always begins with God and with the question, who would God have me be? It continues with the next question. What would God have me do? With stewardship, our entire life becomes worship. Stewardship is to fling open the door to new possibilities for growth. Stewardship transforms our lives and the lives of those around us. Eleanor Roosevelt said, When you cease to make a contribution, you begin to die. Yes, giving is really about living. It's also about loving.
0: Transformation, living, loving, giving, planting seeds, flinging open the doors. The question before each one of us today is who are we called to be? Who are we called to be as individuals and who are we called to be as a, as a, as a congregation? The call before us here is to plant those seeds that will bring transformation to a community that is hungry for the life that is offered here. There is great power when we open ourselves to what God wants to do through us. Mother Teresa was going to Australia for a tour to do some ministry there. And the organization that was sponsoring her assigned a young Christian to be her guide and gopher while she was on this trip now this young Christian was so excited about this possibility and he said to himself you know I want to be the best Christian I can possibly be I want to be growing and what better opportunity to learn what it really means to be a Christian than to be this close to Mother Teresa during this visit he imagined the conversations that they would have together He thought this will be a life-changing experience. Well, Mother Teresa got to Australia, and of course he was there to meet her, but the minute she got there, she was totally immersed in ministry. And every time he thought he'd have a chance to have a conversation with her, she was being pulled in a different direction to, to minister to this need or to meet this person. As her trip began to wind down, the young Christian became increasingly frustrated because he wanted that time with her. Ultimately, her trip came to an end, and he still had not had that time. So he said to her, I wanted to talk with you during this visit, and and you were pulled in so many directions. If, If I buy a ticket to sit next to you on your plane on your next visit, could I talk with you on that plane ride? Her next visit was Papua New Guinea. And she said to him, you have enough money to buy a ticket to sit next to me on the flight to New Guinea? You can pay for it yourself? And he said, yes, I would pay any price to spend that time with you. And she said, if you have enough money to buy a seat next to me on the trip to Papua New Guinea, you need to give it to the poor. And you will learn more from that than what I could ever speak to you. The greatest gifts, the greatest seeds are the seeds inside of us that we release when we give. There is so much God wants to do through us, more than we could ever imagine in our own visioning. I love the story of Ayanla Von someone who went through tremendous struggles in her own life, but came to a point where she decided to totally open herself to God's vision of love and giving and transformation. I'd like to share with you just a little bit of her story.
1: We owe it to ourselves to expand our vision of who we are. We owe it to God to expand our sense of what we can do. I now realize that there have been many situations in my life in which I have fought to hold on to reasons and excuses for not being where I wanted to be. It is always easier to blame others. It's even easier to find a perfectly logical excuse for not growing. One day, I decided to take a risk. You must be willing to risk losing everything if you are serious about getting anything. I risk my life, my resources, my need to be right, and the fear of being afraid. And I ask God to show me myself as God saw me. The vision was so spectacular, I had to run to keep up with it. And you know what? None of what I am experiencing is what I asked for, and all of it is better than I would have ever dared to ask.
0: God has an amazing vision of each one of us, and God has an amazing vision for this church. God's desire for us is for every seed to fling open a door to someone's life and somebody's heart. I wonder what would have happened if the church in Macedonia had not given so generously. It's possible that the Christian faith could have ended right then. But they gave. They inspired others to give. The needs of the church in Jerusalem were met. And the Christian faith continued to expand around the world. We never know the impact and we release our gifts for God's use let us open our lives to God's vision of us because God's vision of us will always be greater than our vision for ourselves if you're comfortable take the hand of someone nearby as we go to our God in prayer god of grace and god of love god of amazing gifts God of transformation, living, and loving. Even today, we want to stop for a moment and honor those loving givers in that church at Macedonia. How the gifts they gave impacted the church in Jerusalem and inspired the church in Corinth. And today inspires us. We thank you that as they gave, doors were opened and seeds were planted and your vision was expanded. May our lives, our being and our doing and our giving and our loving be used for your purpose to make ministry happen, to transform lives. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on us as individuals. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on this, your church. Jesus Christ, giver of grace, have mercy on your world. And hear the prayers of your people who pray. Amen.